Hey, if you're enjoying SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast, please take the time to rate and review us on your podcast player. This is episode 133, The Complexity Approach, featuring Kelly Voss, part one. Hello. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here is our podcast. It's for the realistic SLP. It's been a while since we've said that. Yes. Because we were on a break, as evidenced by our previous episode. Right. But we are back with this excellent interview with Kelly Voss. She's been an SLP for over 20 years. She has a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the complexity approach, which is very interesting great to listen yeah. to and really good it's to think about the approach i take to life just yeah. you know, making everything complex i i, I like the opposite <laughs> approach to life i'm like whatever's easier yeah no i think i'm i was joking i think i'm pretty i'm pretty simple mike my husband is complex mm. he he takes the complexity approach to life i take i think the calmer simpler one interesting yes but uh i do like the complexity approach i think i use it in speech almost automatically Mm-hmm. Um, even before it was like trendy, uh, right? Uh, yeah, I always feel like people would be like, "Why are you doing all this stuff before? Like, why are you doing these harder things?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just feel like it shows more progress faster." And I didn't have the research to back it up, but uh, look yeah. at you! I think I was considering myself as one of those people who's like mm-hmm. more of like developmental i guess that mm-hmm. would be like the opposite if mm-hmm. you if there was a word for that right <laughs> uh developmental approach so this really caused me to change and shift gears and look, change how i do my therapy and think about it because i guess i was thinking in terms of like motor complexity like if yeah. you know if a student like can't even like you know hold their lips for it ooh, how can i expect them to do an r but you know you can take into consideration uh co-articulation so Right. Think Sometimes about that. Sometimes it's just easier when you make it harder. Mm. Like I have a, yeah. a child who's like sub- significantly unintelligible, mm-hmm. but he loves Spider-Man and he can't really say Spider-Man, but when he's talking about him, he always goes like pretending yeah. he's shooting webs so he can do the S. So I'm like, we're doing S blends. Yeah, Which there you is go. not what you would do. You know, you would think BMP at first, which right. we have done and we do. But yeah, S blends have been what has really shown the most progress. Right. Um, and then sentences, too. That Well, Kelly, yeah. our guest, would agree with you on that. She would be loving this right now. Right. She would be so into this combo. Well, thank you, Kelly. Yes. I like when people approve of what I do. <laughs> yeah, she would approve. I believe so. Yeah. She's a big fan of the podcast. Her and I talked about mushroom tea, and we talked about, like, diet a little bit. Like so. tea made from mushrooms or yes. you're microdosing on the podcast? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. You, you might like that, Maria. No, no, no. <laughs> this is an unedited version of SLP's Wine and Cheese. And yeah. this is and evidence. we're back to me making Maria feel awkward. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> it's um, mushroom. Just to let you know, that's not on her little checklist that she's staring at. It was definitely not on my checklist. I didn't even get to wedding planning yet. <laughs> we didn't well, even get to that. All right. Well, tell me about the wedding planning because I, um, 
yeah, let me live vicariously through. Sure, sure. Um, there's just about the mushroom stuff. Oh, okay. There's a link She's in the show notes. Yes, there's a link in the show notes <laughs> of the mushroom tea that she referenced. I have used one from Amazon. I just typed in. Oh, actually, I googled like top mushroom teas on Amazon. And I found some there. Okay, I could, so why do we want mushroom tea? Yes, because she talked about like the caffeine jitters, and there's okay. actually like so many great benefits to like lion's mane is one of them, and hmm. like neural connections. It's just like amazing for you and less of the cons that come along with drinking caffeine like jitters and um stuff like that but i agreed that like during covid i upped my (laughs) caffeine and now i'm down to just two cups a day and that's it but anyway you can just have a baby you won't finish one cup you'll put it in the microwave six times i don't know about baby stuff (laughs) it's like do i want to have a baby or do i feel like i need to have one i'm still like battling those feelings oh i've had so many people say this to me only two okay Um, now you could add me as the third third uh i'll have to say that i don't know because i think for my whole life all i've ever wanted was a baby really okay and i always said i won't have a baby until i can afford a tree house because i wanted to make sure i had like everything that my child needed to have a good life and i don't have a tree house but i do have a condo in carroll gardens and i think that's similar well i could see some trees from here (laughs) yeah (laughs) that counts but uh yeah so i guess i just always knew uh Mm -hmm. and so but like yeah i don't think that i think that it has changed my life a lot Mm -hmm. and if it's not something that i truly wanted then it would be a challenge gotcha it would be a challenge to have a baby yeah if it yeah. wasn't like I'm, oh, i right. was already ready to like give up everything that i was mm-hmm. because i i think i was looking forward to having a baby for so long i see i just didn't do it because it was like i am a very impulsive person i like mm-hmm. immediate gratification okay the only thing i ever delayed was having a baby because yeah. i wanted to make sure you had a tree house yes right um get it so uh yeah i just feel like if you don't know then that's okay yeah i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm doing maybe i'm just like focused on moving and wedding stuff which right. we have a date july 30th in greece we're just doing 30, it 30 22 that's right or 20, 2022 yeah, that's, that's this today's. year yeah i that, have no idea Sorry. that's okay it's we're, hard what year is <laughs> it's a new year and it's still january so still no like worries COVID, so it's like the years are just yeah. I still think it's 2020. I think so, too, sometimes. <laughs> okay. Honestly. So you're not the only one. All right. But uh, that's what's happening. It's going to be in Athens. 7.30, and 22. I yes. think that looks nice. Thanks. So. I think so, too. It's a Saturday, and mm-hmm. it's a summertime. It's going to be hot. Just telling Athens, everyone. Athens, Greece. Yes. Yes. Not Georgia. No. Or upstate. I think there's an Athens upstate, uh-huh. too. I'm not 100% sure about that. But well, not the one in this country. No, not the one in this country. Yeah. I have a lot of family there and mm-hmm. we're just going to make it happen. You might as well. I think that I think one destination weddings are awesome. Yes. I had so much fun on the one mm. that I went to. I'm going to another one in the f- fall mm-hmm. of next year. I don't know if that's winter 2022. or fall. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I think that, and especially since you have family there, yeah. Mike's family owns um, a hall in Italy. Should go there. I know Renew we should. Your we, vows. We can get married. I think we're just going to get married every year. 
Why not? We just we got married last year and this year. The oh, two, yeah. we got married two years in a row. So why I just keep doing it? Yes. Yeah. So I, that's. I do still have that hashtag on my Instagram, so I do still see wedding dresses, which is not fair. Oh. So I'm like, well, I'll like that dress too. Wedding for dresses myself. are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went with Maria, and she tried on a beautiful wedding dress. Yes, I didn't end up buying that one, but I bought something with that Quite silhouette. Yes, silhouette. Yes. We realized I'm not a big poofy ball gown mm-hmm. woman. Just yeah. thin and because mm-hmm. I need room to dance. Right. Especially the Greek dance. You need some kicks, you know? Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> there you go. So I'm excited for that. But uh, that's all I have to say for this you episode. Have colors for no, I'm not. Oh, done. you're not done with me. No. Okay, <laughs> I did. I picked fuchsia and white to incorporate the white and hot pink and uh, purple and red too. I think I'm going to incorporate in there. So fuchsia, purple, red, and white. Yes. Oh, very and nice. And green, I guess, for the leaves. Green. Yeah. What kind of flowers is that? Honestly, whatever's not going to wilt in that heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I told my decorator. And I thought oh, and I was, you have a decorator. I in have Greece. a decorator in Greece. Okay, good. And yeah. this is, I always pictured I, that I would be like more hands on with my wedding, but now it's like, I don't live there. So I just have other people to do it for me, yeah. which I guess is cool. Yeah. My sister-in-law, my brother is getting married in the Bahamas and she's just basically like, she has a coordinator and they, they send her options and she picks one. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I think and that's great. I am. We are going to have a city hall dinner with the media family in, in New York, Good. maybe in Brooklyn. So then I don't know what I'll do. Maybe I would like some like little like flowers, just to, like dress it up yeah. the tables. Beautiful. So I will look into that when mm-hmm. it's time. And I bought a dress for that, too. So technically, I bought, like, two dresses. Good. Yes. Yeah, see, but one is not enough. <laughs> it isn't. And I, okay. I stand by that. Okay. Yeah. Two different venues, two different countries, exactly. two different ones, like different. City Hall. I had two wedding dresses yes. so far. Yes. So, so you feel me. Mm-hmm. I feel you. And uh, I might use your photographer. Oh, yes. I did like should. her. Yes. Yoko. Like Everyone, if you're in New York City... Um, and nearby, I'm sure she'll travel. Yoko Hiroko, she's an awesome comedy photographer, and I think that they take the best pictures of people because um, they're used to doing it constantly. Um, so, yeah, Yoko Hiroko. Yes, I reached out to her, and I don't have a date yet for City Hall, so she was just like, once you have a date, let me know. Mm-hmm. So I will let her know once Good. I know. I love it. Yeah, right. So that's my complex yeah. approach. Now let's get to the complexity approach with Kelly Voss. Yeah, it doesn't sound so complex. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria and I'm sitting here with our guest today, Kelly Vass. Say hello, Kelly. Hi. Hey. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I want to give the audience a little by your bio. So Kelly Vest, you're a pediatric SLP and you've been practicing as a speech language pathologist and a researcher for over 18 years. You're also the author of Speech Sound Disorders, Comprehensive Evaluation and Treatment. And also Kelly supervises graduate school clinicians. Kelly works with preschool age students. And today what we want to focus on is the complexity approach. But before we get into all the speechy stuff, let's just hang back a little, Kelly. Let's relax. I'm sitting here with my green tea. I'm taking a little coffee break. The listeners know I'm obsessed with coffee. And perhaps that's why now I'm developing gastric issues. So I'm taking it down a notch. So what do you have, Kelly? Okay. And this is my new secret sauce. 
I have mushroom coffee. Okay. You know yes. what? This is, this is meant to be because now I'm thinking I might switch over and, you know, they're, you know, just harassing me with all these uh, advertisements that all that's all I see. So please tell me about this mushroom coffee or mushroom. Tea. Okay. Yeah. And it, I, I'm, I'm loving it. It's $36 a bag. It's called the rise brand. But what I like about it is I don't feel the acidic stomach issues or the jitters. And, and I like that it has turmeric and lion's mane inside. Is this from but, Amazon? If you Googled mushroom? Oh, Amazon water? doesn't sell it. You have to do rise R Y Z E and look it up and it's $36 a bag, but, uh, <laughs> you only use a, you only use a tablespoon for each cup. So it lasts forever, but okay. I am I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I really am. I'm, it's feeling good. It's a good okay. stuff. I'm going to have <laughs> to divulge further into this topic here. Mm -hmm. So how is the taste and you're drinking it hot? It looks like, cause you have a mug. Uh-huh. So yeah. how is it? It's good. It's so good. Well, this is my, my secret sauce is when with my oh. coffee, this is very important. You have to add Himalayan salt just to get a little bit of a, you know, zip, zip it to it. Right. Like it. And stevia, a little sweetness. Little, okay. And then this is very important. MCT oil. Mm, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's my secret sauce and with mushroom coffee. And then it's just, it's wonderful. It's so good. So okay. good. Okay. So yeah. if you don't mind later on, you could send me the link to this coffee and I'm going to link it to the show notes because I want to purchase oh. it. And maybe yeah. our listeners might want to purchase this because yeah. I am taking a break from coffee. I love my coffee, but I think it's been bothering my stomach because I just start my morning with like two cups of coffee, like hardcore straight out the bag, you know? Yeah. So I think I have to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, I, and, yeah. Yeah. No, no, what happened for me is during teletherapy, because I have 50 preschoolers and I was doing teletherapy with them where you have to be over the top. Oh my gosh. I was drinking so much coffee. I was just like, oh, okay, next yeah. kid, come on, let's go. <laughs> I see. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm feeling it. Coffee helped me through COVID with teletherapy. I don't know about anybody mm -hmm. else, but that was like, at least I'll have, it's like a comfort or something, like something to <laughs> sip, sip. It's like, you know, like some of the kids need chewy tubes. I needed a coffee, you know? Yeah. Just make it equivalent to that. But okay, I'm going to have to check out the mud water. Uh, I looked it up on Amazon. They have some stuff, but you have another brand that you recommend. So we'll mm -hmm. take a look into it. I'll link it in the show notes so our listeners can also try it for themselves. But um, do you miss coffee? Have to ask. Oh, not at all. Not what? at all. Because there's caffeine and mm -hmm. in, in the mushroom coffee. But I, I don't know. I've been reading about mushrooms and fungi and the medicinal benefits of it and how it's the active ingredient in many of these um, medicines that we take for very serious issues. So I, I'm kind of feeling like this. I'm going in the right direction here with Sounds mushroom like coffee. It. Sounds like you yeah, are. And it feels good. That's all I know. There you go. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. price is in the pudding. There you yeah. go. All right. So speaking of pudding and things being delicious, let's talk mm -hmm. about the complexity approach. This is something I think you're passionate about. It mm -hmm. seemed apparent just from emailing you. So I'd love to hear what it is and more about it. 
Yeah, yeah. This is, when I look at the complexity approach, the body and the brain are very similar. What works for the body is what works for the brain in terms of intervention. So I'm going to give you some analogies and how the complexity approach works. So I, this is a story. I'm going to start off with a story. I had a friend and her mother had type two diabetes. She was extremely obese and she was in a, she, a wheelchair. She had already lost the use of her limbs because her, her blood was so thick with sugar that the circulation wasn't reaching the limbs. So she lost the use of her limbs. She lost her eyesight for the same reason because the blood was so thick with sugar, she had lost the ability to see. And the doctors told her, you are millimeters close to a coma. Wow. And this is where the complexity approach comes into play. They said to her, your diet has to be low carbohydrate vegetables, healthy proteins, healthy fats, and nothing else. 20 grams of carbs a day. We're talking this is the diet you need. And if you don't follow this diet, you will die. Mm -hmm. So this is high stakes. And they knew that challenge creates change. They didn't say, instead of eating a whole cheeseburger, cut it in half and save the other half for dessert. Mm -hmm. Instead of eating the whole fries, save the half for dessert and you're going to be a-okay. The diet they put her on was the same diet that a fitness model would be on. This is top shelf. So what we find the same thing that's true for the body. If we want to change these brains, if we want to change the next hundred years of the children, we're going to work with, these are life stakes. We're talking here. We right. need to challenge them. We need to give them top shelf. That's so true. the complexity approach is that, and this is research that we've done with preschoolers, with Down syndrome, with autism spectrum disorder, with childhood apraxia of speech, with dysarthrias, with just simple distortions, with phonological, uh, phonological processing, I mean, phonological disorders. I get it. We get yeah, you get it. Okay. All the, the whole, all the whole gamut, all of them, all of them. All of them, just like the fitness model or the person that is morbidly obese, benefits from challenge. Challenge right. creates change. I like that. So, it, so what we found is that the more challenging the treatment target, and we're going to talk about that in the complexity approach, we go right for the consonant clusters. That's step mm. one. Okay, I see. Yeah. So that think top shelf, we're going for the best diet out there, the most challenge, and then you're going to get the biggest gains. Right. So when we look at a simple, if we said, okay, let's start with the P sound, mm -hmm. that's like saying, let's start with you eating half a cheeseburger and half a fries. Right. You're not going to make that great of a, a change by going easy. Mm -hmm. Easy does not get results challenge does. I see. Just like in the body, the brain is, is the same. It's the same principles. It's the same way when it comes to intervention. So for uh, this conversation, we want to focus, yeah. let's say specifically on preschool children, right? Yes, so yes. from ages four, just that, or three, would you count like three-year-olds in there or is not technically? 
That's yeah. Nursery school, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a preschool SLP. Uh, have you noticed? Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, what are the ages? What? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh, our research is primarily age three to six years old. You get your little two and a half year olds, your little six and a half year olds in there sometimes. Okay. But yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, we're going preschool age children. That's all I know is preschool age. Perfect. That's yes. good. We're going to uh-huh. tailor it. So let's say you have like a four-year-old and I can think of some kids on my caseload too. Like let's say they're backing, right? They're producing yeah. the D for K or G for or G. What is it? I'm like, I'm blank. Yeah. See, this is what happens when I don't have my coffee now. Mm-hmm. Backing they're, the K and G is a T and a D. So for like dog, they might say like dog right? Mm-hmm. They won't say the G sound. So for those students, would you still want to try consonant clusters or would you like specifically work on like, you know, the back sounds to get more bang for your buck to be more complex? Yeah, I'll definitely use consonant clusters. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, I'll use the clusters with the L and the R sound mm-hmm. because they're neighbors. And a lot of times, so I will use a word instead of saying, let's say go, I'm going to say galo or gro. And those L's and R's are going to help out with the K and G. A lot of, I've learned my lessons from, you know, being (laughs) crappy in the beginning yeah. of my career or I new, would work or with new. yeah it happens you're not so good when you when you start you make mistakes and you learn from those mistakes that's all right and i learned that a lot of children they just don't have the neuromuscular ability mm-hmm. to produce k and g at 3 years of age mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even at 4 years of age typically more at 4 and a half or 5 so what do you do instead work on l and r yeah that's good. Tip. Yeah. Yeah. Work on the neighboring sounds, go through the side door. Don't make the children hold their tongue down and cry. Don't make the children lie on their back and read cards from a table. Uh-huh. Don't make them use a tongue depressor on their tongue. They're just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. But if I have found many times, if I work on LNR, the K and G will spontaneously develop at age four and a half. I Sometimes it doesn't. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. And, and you still have to work on it at that later age, but definitely I'm glad you asked that question. It's so good. Go for the blends. The blends help yes. with the KNG. So yeah. blends, blends are good too, because there's so many words that, and those are more complex words. And those are words that child will try to say, and the adult, or even one of the kids will be like, what, you know? So those are really the words that are, they're very unintelligible. So why not help them become like a little bit more intelligible? And then, you know, once a child is more intelligible socially, that helps them too. So we have to also think of like, what are the pragmatics and social effects of like poor articulation or motor speech disorders. Yeah. And that's the thing that L and R are so highly frequent. Those sounds are and K and G helps because you're smiling when you produce the K and G, you're not rounding the lips. Uh So it's an equal relationship in which the L and R are helping the K and G and the K and G are helping the L and R. So yeah, definitely go for blends. And like you said, get two for the price of one. We're going to use, we're going to work on gliding and fronting, Mm -hmm. which is hugely important because if you're like me, you only have 30 to 60 minutes a week Mm -hmm. to work with these children. 
So you need to work, use your time very intelligently. Don't work on just one sound. Yes. I like that. I saw Mm. that on your website, you had different, um, about incorporating movement and, um, intervention for children, I guess, maybe if they're on the spectrum or not, it does, they, you know, it doesn't have to be, but, um, under home activities, everyone's going to check yeah. out your website. Cause it's in the show notes. So, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's really great. You have some really good tips on here. Yeah. And that's, I think what, this is another thing I kind of compare everything to being, uh, the physical, the body, how would you mm. change the body? And maybe that's because I am certified as a yoga instructor and a fitness instructor. So I know a little bit about it. If I went to a physical trainer and I had an hour a week and she handed me dumb, um, she told me, well, I want you to do some calf raises. We're going to work on your calves. I need to work on my calves. calves (laughs) I'm going to stop you right there. And Uh we're not working on my calves like ever because they're already tremendous, you know? (laughs) I love it. It it would be like, do we have 40 hours here? Because, okay, I'm going to be here very long. And I don't, I only have an hour. So I'm glad you brought that up. We need to use, we need her doing burpees. We need to do, we need to be doing total body work. Yes. Because yeah, if you're just treating one thing, you you need 40 hours. Right. And so, and I'm really glad that you brought that up. I do not treat a mouth. I treat a child. Yes. So yeah, I don't, but that is like what I say about calf, uh, about calf raises. I, another thing about, if you go to a physical therapist, they're not going to say, if you say I have an hour a week and that's what I'm doing right now, I'm doing an hour a week to work out because I'm so busy. Um, they don't say, okay, let's go for a walk. And we're going to go for a walk. Right. That's just something hour you, a week. Sh- you should be doing in your life, probably like akin to like the kids, like, right. Maybe like book reading is already part of their like routine. Just like you going for a walk is already, that doesn't count as like your workout, but yeah. I guess you could always, you know, make the walk more challenging if you did like Hills or got ankle yeah. weights. So there's, there's things you could like tweak, right? I guess with like the time and the activity, just like with speech. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's once again, challenge creates change. Mm-hmm. Easy mm-hmm. doesn't. So, the, and that's what we have to, that's why when we have only an hour at max, you have an hour, you better be challenging these children. Otherwise you're just going for a walk, which is nice. Like you said, it's good stuff, but you're not going to create change that way. I hear you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's in a nutshell, I guess we could say that's the complexity approach that you're really focusing on a much harder skill, not a skill that you're like, oh, we'll wait for them to be more verbal to do that. Like you're showing them more complex things right early in the treatment process. Yeah. And you're not interested in what a child can do independently. Mm -hmm. I could care less. Okay. That's nice. I, we're interested in what could a child do if you give them all levels of prompting, maximum levels of prompting. I use dynamic, tactile, temporal cueing with all preschoolers, not yes. just with the children with apraxia, because our research has shown all preschoolers perform better when you give them a maximum level of cueing. So the whole name we need to ask, I don't care what a child can do. I'm an agent of change. Right. 
I care about what the child could do if I give them everything. Mm-hmm. And then that's your starting point, right? Right. Now, then- this is where we're going to start. This is what you're capable of. We mm-hmm. had an episode with uh, Jenny Bjorn Apraxia and one of her mm-hmm. tips, even though we, we tell our guests, you know, like, can you give us a simple tip? But she, you know, she broke the mold. She's like, this is not that simple. She recommended, though, to get trained in DTTC, dynamic, temporal, mm-hmm. tactile cueing. Did mm-hmm. I get it right? Mm-hmm. So if that's something you're trained in. Can you tell us a little bit more about DTTC? Oh, well, well, thank you. Dynamic tactile temporal cueing. I would say it's very, I wouldn't think you need formal training. Mm-hmm. It's, it's readily available. You can look up Caroline Bowen's website. She breaks it down into a maximum level of prompting. And then you pull at 80% criterion, you pull back the prompts mm-hmm. and they show exactly this is step one. This is step two. You really don't need to be trained in it. I, I would say, and that's what our research has found. Okay. Um, and I, for instance, my graduate students, I show them cues that yes. I've developed. I have them develop their own cues. Uh-huh. And because if you're not feeling it, the cue, the child picks it up. Like that's true. This doesn't feel like an S to me, but this is what the book said to do. The child's not going to buy in Mm -hmm. if the therapist doesn't buy in. So in our research, we've researched dynamic tactile temporal cueing. Every single graduate student did their own unique take on it. Oh, okay. So I, I, I am trained, like for instance, in prompt. I do know Kaufman's approach. I do know easy does it for apraxia's cues. I know all of the cues out there, you know, and then you go and create your own. Yeah, it's, it's in your <laughs> that's toolbox. What we, that's what we've found is that, and it works. We've researched it every year. You will find me at ASHA showing our research. And this year I have five presentations. So if you're interested, hopefully we'll bump into each other, but yeah. our research is showing that uh, you, there is a basic rules, principles that you follow, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't have to be the same. Right. You can take your own spin on it. I see that. And it's like, yeah. like for myself, I'm certified in prompts. So that is yeah. like what I like to do, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't use any other type of approach. Like I'm only doing this, you know, so that's, that's not what it is, but it helps to see, you know, what does your client need and what cues are helping them? Like, and also to remember, like you need to eventually fade the cues. So we don't want to get stuck on the cues. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's something part of in the research, right? That eventually the goal is to fade the cues. So the child or the client can be successful independently. Isn't that like our long-term goal? And I love Deborah Hayden and prompt, and I'm glad that you brought that up Yeah, because what she did is she said, these kids aren't learning naturally. Mm-hmm. The auditory and visual systems, they're, they're compromised. And I love her research, Deborah Hayden's research, who's a clinician who has really like propelled our field forward. And she didn't only find that children with autism and children with apraxia and children with cognitive impairments, but diverse groups of children benefit when you do a Mm multi-sensory, multimodal approach 
These kids aren't learning naturally how to do L and R. So guess what? They benefit too. Right. So I love, I love that you brought up prompt and Hayden's research and, and what she was saying and what you were saying is like, yeah, that's one of my tools I use, but I, I have a toolbox like with 200 different tools, right. right? That I use, but, but, um, I I'm so glad that you brought up Deborah Hayden because I think multi-sensory is so important and I don't, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but I will. And you can edit this it. out. I don't need to. Um, <laughs> this is unedited. You can edit this right? out. Um, sometimes I put my hands on the children. Yeah. It's not in a coercive manner whatsoever. Right. It's a complex motor skill. And when mm-hmm. I learn to play the guitar, the teacher puts their hands on me. Uh-huh. And that helps me because it's multimodal information. It's multi-sensory information. If I'm learning how to play golf, yeah. the teacher puts the hands on me to give me multimodal information. And that's of a complex motor skill. And I think it's really important to uh, say, okay, let's take a step back and let's use common sense and let's look at the research. Definitely. And that's what Deborah Hayden's research shows is that guess what? Children benefit from touch. Yes. They benefit a lot. We, we've, we've said, this is what happens when you use touch. And this is what happens when you don't. And they make better gains when you use touch. So I, I, I have so much respect for Deborah Hayden and, and what she's done in propelling our field forward. And I think it's important to note that she's a therapist. She's not academia. She, she has bridges with them. But I feel that therapists and another one is Edith Strand. Mm-hmm. They are they've propelled our field. Edith Strand, yeah, they're it's therapists that have innovated the innovated the field, that I have agree. improved what we do. It didn't happen in ivory towers. It didn't happen in academia. Right, people in so. the trenches because they know what it's like. You know, I mean, how many times did you have to shield maybe toys flying? You know, you maybe maybe those moments you get some you like you know, light bulb goes off. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, that's, you're in the ring. And, the, and that's what I yeah. want to say. The thing. You've worked with children with autism for 20 years. Wow. You have to be good at you, what you do. All right, everyone. That's the end of part one of the interview. Next Monday, we'll be releasing part two. So stay tuned. Ciao.